0: Welcome to 4 Game Changers for Black Entrepreneurs. I'm your host EJ Mayers here with Ross D. And we're here to propel black entrepreneurship forward by sharing wisdom from the top down that changes the game from the inside out. 4 Game Changers is more than a podcast. It's a community where successful black entrepreneurs and luminaries share their wisdom with our tribe of up and coming black entrepreneurs. So if that's you, I'm talking about black entrepreneurs anywhere around the globe. Tune in and show up because this shows for you. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy. E.J. Mayers here with Ross D for Game Changers. Once again, we got an incredible show for you today. We've got A.J. Vassar in the building. A.J., the man, the myth, the legend, (laughs) (laughs) the the author, the entrepreneur, the speaker, the international speaker, the international speaker trainer, Again, he didn't start off with all of these titles, guys. Like, he started from the bottom. And when I say the bottom, I mean sleeping on couches, sleeping out of the cars, sleeping in the parking lot, to literally giving away cars, to sleeping in the penthouses, to moving to Medellin, Colombia, to making more in one month than he ever did in an entire year to making more in one day than he did in an entire year. I'm talking about somebody who has taken his dreams and his visions and made them reality. AJ Vassar, welcome to the show
1: yo it is a pleasure to be here i was, the way you was describing that dude I was like, dang I want to hear him <laughs> who that is <laughs> <laughs> like that? bro? that's
0: you that's you and that's yep, exactly what yep. why we want to hear from you, man I mean like how do you feel about like when you hear that and you hear all of these accomplishments they are real right
1: that they're, they're very real they're very real um mm-hmm. everything you said um it's it's almost hard to believe, man. Mm-hmm. Like to hear somebody else say it, it's like, you know, cause I think as, as humans, we minimize what we do. You know, we really big up what someone else does. And we're like, yo, you know, man, I wish I could do that, right? We, mm-hmm. we say things like, man, if I could just make 50,000 a year, Right, then we make it, and we realize it, that ain't nothing. Then we you like, yo, right. if I could just make six figures, and mm-hmm. then we make six figures, and we look at the taxes they take out and be like, that ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> every the taxes every ain't step we go, no, oh, the taxes ain't no joke. But every step we go, we minimize our, we minimize our accomplishments just because we know the journey. You know? Mm. But when you hear it, you're like, wow, that is that's that's dope. That's awesome, man.
0: Most definitely, uh, I'm mm.
1: humble. it's it's
0: almost that you know you make it to the mountain mountaintop the one that you were aiming at and then you get to the top of it and you realize man i've been on a hill like that duh (laughs) that was the real mountain and then you get to the top of that one and it's like oh man
1: yeah does it feel like there's
0: always another mountaintop
1: it does what i what i always tell people is that the highest number you can ever go to in life is 10 okay because whenever you hit 10 when you go to the next level you're one on another level mm. right so it doesn't matter where you get to when you get to 100,000 you're actually at the bottom of 900,000 right mm. whenever you hit a million you're at the bottom of 10 million whenever you get to 10 you're at the bottom right so it's it's you know that's why I tell people like yo don't don't chase don't don't chase that because that's always going to change. Our lives and our bodies are set up to where, whenever we accomplish a goal, our inner system gets reset to where that's our base level, and now we want to achieve more. Mm. So you know, it has to be more than it has to be more than money, man. Because um, you know, I've I've made a lot of money. Like I made eighty thousand dollars in a day, one day, and in one day. The highest number I'd ever made. I, I my last job in corporate America, my base salary was seventy thousand. Mm. Right. So I made eighty in one day. And honestly, I can honestly tell you, it was more exciting the first time I made 1750 and knew I could pay my rent. Right. Mm. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like once you do the 1750 you're like <gasps> I can live like I'm free. I can do this right now. I'm just tacking numbers on top of it. And it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I you know, I, I'm not trying to get that up, but at the same time, you know, I think we have this misconception of what it'll be like when that happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was more excited. The first time I did 30 can 30 days, because that was a real that was a real mental block for me. Mm. Like, yo, can I can I literally average a thousand dollars a day? And then once you do that, then we just talking about monopoly money after that. We
2: so just, let's back up a little bit. So currently, yeah. you're in Medellin, Colombia.
1: Well, that's where I currently live at. I'm actually in the states right now um, for a um, a mastermind retreat. Oh. Got the got the Christmas music going off on the
0: phone. Oh man, (laughs) (laughs) failing myself right now. Oh my gosh!
2: And it's a telemarketer,
0: man. Like yo, they about to hit me with the yo, they they about to hit me with the you know your vehicle warranty is. Oh yeah, oh yeah, your
1: warranty, (laughs) man. But yeah, man, I live in uh, I currently live in Medellin, Colombia. I'm in the states right now for a uh, for a mastermind retreat I just did, Um, but I'm leaving for Medellin in, in two days. So, um, and it's it's been yo, even that process of moving overseas and living in another country and you know, all that's been amazing. Yeah, tell us I a guess. little bit about
2: that process. Like did you start your business prior to moving to Columbia or
1: Yeah, so I had I had um a couple businesses going prior to moving to Columbia. I was actually working at the time too, right? I I hate when people tell entrepreneurs like, yo, you either gonna work or you're gonna be an entrepreneur. Like, no, nah, right. you can do both. Right. And we
0: hear that a lot here on this show. And that is, uh, again, that's another major key. And I just want to just piggyback on that real quick and highlight it. You know, you, John Lawson, many of the other guests that have been on this this particular uh, uh, four Game Changers podcast has said that don't quit your day job. Uh,
1: (laughs) Build your business while in your day job. Because that's the thing. You cannot make it if you eat your business. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You have so many entrepreneurs out here because they don't have that, that thing that they can fall back on. They don't have that spouse or, or whatever. They end up eating their business. Everything their business is bringing in, they eating it up. And if you keep eating your business, you never have enough seeds to put in the ground to where you can eat the fruit of your business. Right? Big. So I want to focus on eating the fruit of my business, not not my actual business. So Not the seed. You know, I had, yeah, not the seed. So I had a I had a job for three years while I was building my business, and uh, it was just one day, you know, I realized I had gotten really comfortable. I gotten really comfortable in my corporate job, and I was like, "Yo, this is this is where, you know, comfort comfortability is where dreams go to die." Mm-hmm. So you know, for me, it was like, "What can I do to jumpstart this?" And I was like, "I'm gonna move out of the country." Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hit with what I call mortality motivation. Um, I remember sitting in my office and, you know, with all of my, my, my job, my businesses, all of that, I was doing over six figures and I was like, yo, this is what I thought six figures would feel like. And I remember thinking like, yo, AJ, your dad died when he was 49 years old. And if you die at the same age, you have 14 more years to live. When are you going to start living?
2: True story,
1: and so I was like, "Yo, I'm finna start living," and I literally started researching like the best weather on Earth, and Medellin, <laughs> Colombia. Straight up, Medellin, Colombia kept coming up, and uh, you know it stays between 65 and 75 all year round. Like I don't have an air condition. I don't have a heater, I don't have I don't need it. It it's like perfect weather all the time.
0: Wow, yeah,
1: that's what's up. Yeah. So
2: when you so, came originally over there, like you had your business kind of. Like in the startup phase still, or were you pretty established in your um, own venture? Or
1: no, I was, I was still in the startup phase. As a matter of fact, things got uh things got tight at one time, and I I had the contract for a couple different people. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of people think once you get going, everything gonna be straight, and you making it, and you doing it, and that's not the truth. You may still, you know, that I never lose that hustle, that hustle mentality, right? Mm-hmm. And when, when I see that things aren't going the way I need them to go on my business, then I'm, I might pivot for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. I might do mid-course corrections, but I'm not going to get off my path, but I might have to adjust it a little bit because things aren't going how I wanted it to go. And, you know, I might have to maneuver here and maneuver there, you know, uh, but that's – that's you do what you have to do to uh, to be successful.
0: You know what? One, one of the things that I admire, and I, I know the inside of, of these – of this story, you know, um, cause I've been there since the beginning, <laughs> the beginning. So one of the things that AJ did, which he stayed on purpose, even though he had to take, you know, these minor detours along the way, he connected with other people who were in the specific industry that he was looking to excel in, in the speaking industry, in the, um, the, the transformational uh, speaker industry, you know you went and aligned with other you know uh marketers other marketing businesses other uh coaches other right and you no. learned their business model and their system from the inside out um no. it, it, you know just speak to that if you could
1: so one one thing that I've been very um good at is anything that I want to learn I'm willing to go work for free on it right so um, when, I a, when I wanted to be when I wanted to be a barber right I went and I started helping this dude clean this barber school right um, When I wanted to learn how to sell I went and started just traveling around with somebody that sold you know um, and that's kind of what my thing was now eventually they see that I'm, I'm better than most of their people because I'm not working for money right so then they offer me some money because they like yo you you killing the people i hire so let me break you off so i always end up getting paid but you know for me it's not about the payment i want to learn because that that money that i get goes away very quickly but the knowledge that i get lasts forever so um that's what i did in this industry i seen i I knew a uh a, a online marketer that was doing $11 million a year. And I was like, yo, I'll sell for you because I want to know how you run your systems. I want to, I want to get a look behind the scenes and see how many people on your team, how many, how many meetings do you have? How are you motivating them? Mm-hmm. Are you full of BS, right? Is your system legit, right? All of that. All of it, right? Um, with, with T. Harv Ecker's company, I traveled with them for almost a whole year, right? And for anybody who doesn't know T
0: Harbecker, who is T Harbecker?
1: He's the guy that wrote the book, the secrets of the millionaire mind. And he used to have this company called peak potentials and they did, they did what I wanted to do They went around, they went around training people. They went around holding seminars and events. And I was like, guess what? I'll sell for you. Right. And I was willing to do it for free. Because I'm not, I'm not working for the money. I'm working for the knowledge. Because I'm gonna take everything you teach me, and then it, you know, I, I. Because of our culture, and because we, you know, we get a, we get downplayed a lot for what we do. I think um, a lot of a lot of times I use drug references, right? Because unfortunately, that's a part of our culture with it our is. music, right? But you know, it's like the drug culture. Once you learn it, flip it. Right. And that that was my mentality. I'ma learn it, then I'ma flip it. And then I'ma keep flipping it and I'ma flip it into a good life. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, that's, that's major all. stuff. So, you know, I I don't know about you guys, man. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind was one of those books that were transformational for me, uh, individually. So if you haven't read that one, go check it out. Um, you know, he did Millionaire Mind Intensive as well, and that was part of his 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 little structure um AJ actually wrote a book as well right day grades mm-hmm. and you know how to go from homeless to um giving away three cars I'm
1: at six now <laughs> six cars oh, my bad six. my bad yeah I'm at six, I'm, six yeah I, 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 don't, you know, I don't speaking of that, that
0: man you know I need a new uh I need that new May box. So uh, yeah, you can yeah. go ahead and send that to me.
1: So do you want the one in a little box or the big box? <laughs> <laughs>
0: if they come in boxes, I'll take it. Though. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, man. So I wrote the book Day Grades because I realized every year I always said um, next year is going to be better. Right. We always do our um, our New Year's resolution. And I was like, yo, next year going to be better at this time. And then, I, you know, I would get to next year and it would be either the same or worse. <laughs> right? And I'm like, yo, why is it that every year I say I'm going to do better? I don't. And I realize it's because um, you're not stringing together enough good days to have a good life. right? And I started looking at businesses and every successful business has an accounting system. Right. And you have an accounting system because numbers tell a story. Indeed. Right. So I can look at that story from your accounting system and find out what your business story is. Well, I realized that accounting system gives accountability. Mm -hmm. So I said, Yo, why is it that I don't know my story? And I started putting together my day grade system so I could grade my day every day on a standard that I set for myself. And then realized that I hit that because. There are some days where I feel like, yo, I had an amazing day. Today, everything went well, and I didn't do nothing I was supposed to do, Mm. right? So based on my standard, I would get an F, right? Because having a great day isn't about a feeling. Having a great day is about accomplishing what you said you would accomplish. It's about having integrity with your word about what you said you would do. Mm. So there are days where I feel like, yo, this was the worst day ever. And I accomplished everything I needed. So guess what? I get an A. Mm-hmm. So when I go back and I look at all of my days, then I don't have to say, and I can, you know, I can even ask you all, like, yo, how did you do the week of May 15th? The average person has no idea.
0: No clue.
2: To have they some have you no know idea how they did.
1: Up. Right. They, they don't know. they like, I mean, I, I I guess it was straight, right? <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, no, I, I can look at my life and be like, yo, um, I did good, right? I did good, I did average, I did excellent, right and I hold myself to this this standard so that what I realize is is I was talking to uh, my brother the other day and I said when I, when I first moved to Atlanta and, and Eric noticed because he was helping me out buying me groceries and you know what I'm saying a lot of stuff. So I was working for a barbecue company, a, a catering company, I was working for um, I was working for Aflac, which was 100 percent commissioned. And then I was working for uh, the aquarium and I was a butler at the aquarium. Right. And people would always say to me while I was in there, like, yo, you you don't belong here. You don't belong here. Right. And I was like, yo, we're on the same level. How can they see I don't belong here? And what I realized is it doesn't matter where you are. It's where your trajectory is pointing. Mm. So although I saw myself as where they were, they looked at my trajectory and was like, you're not going to be here long. Because I'm doing things they're not doing. Every break I'm reading a book. Every break I'm listening to audio books. Every break I'm doing something to feed my mind, and I'm not having conversations about who's better, Jordan or Kobe. I don't care because my bank account is saying I'm not either one of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna focus on that, and you know, I think I think we should start looking at people by the trajectory of where they're going. Right. And that's what the day grade system does. It shows you your trajectory more than where you are. I think that that's so
0: important, man. You know, because, again, you, you hear me say this often, man. Behavior is belief in action. Yeah. Well, how do you determine, you know, what those behaviors are? How do you see it? How do you measure it? And the day grade system allows you to be able to measure it and it gives you an accurate Um, alignment of you know hey am I actually doing the say the things that I believe
1: yeah (laughs) I can look at it and I can say
0: man yep I'm 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 a hundred percent whole with myself I am or I'm not and you don't turn those day grades in to anybody but yourself
1: this is the way that That you hold
0: yourself accountable and look at yourself today did I did I ace the day or did I fail today
2: yeah and the other thing, yeah. I peep. It and seems that, like you're. Will
1: tell you a story.
2: Yeah, it seems like you're an avid reader. Um, as far as you know, with your journey in growing an entrepreneurship, has you have you noticed that like the more you read, the more you're achieving? Is that a correlation with that? Like.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. The more that I read, the more that I achieve. But I want to go deeper to why that is, right? Because you know. Eric, he's accomplished some amazing things in life, right? So I, I was very fortunate to spend, like, two solid – actually, almost three solid years with Eric, right? So that was almost like looking at his life. Now, imagine if he condenses those two years and takes out all the great points, everything he learns, right. and then he puts it in an hour book. Now, instead of having to spend two years with him, I can get that in an hour, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Ross. You, you do events, right? So I can follow you for two years, or I can just condense what you said down to your book, right? And now I'm being mentored by you, right? So I don't even look at my books as books. I look at them as these are mentoring opportunities, mm-hmm. right? So Visiting. I'm looking at it like, yo, these are my mentors.
0: So how do you know what? I, <laughs> That is probably one of the the main reasons why we created Four Game Changers, because we believe that there are luminaries like yourself that have wisdom to share with the next generation of entrepreneurs. And, you know, again, like how do you make sure that you can get that wisdom to that market? How do you connect those dots without having to spend, you know, goo gobs of money on Facebook and Facebook ads and, you know, all of these things? How do you speak to that audience in that platform? So for us, we believe, you know, we bring together that community and now luminaries like yourself can connect directly to them. Um, yeah. And there is a pathway, you know, there's a bridge being built. Absolutely. And
2: And from what I've researched, you help develop like um, entrepreneurs into authors. Is that right? Or.
1: Yeah. So I I help develop because I feel like if you look at if you look at any entrepreneur, what they're very good at is communicating. Right. And if you if you write a book, if you're a speaker, if you're a podcast, whatever, it's all just a form of communication. Right. The, the people that we know the most are just great at communicating. Steve right. Jobs was one of the best communicators ever. Right. And that, that that's what that's what takes entrepreneurs to the next level is when you can go from being an entrepreneur to being the chief communicator and 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 uh, evangelist of your idea of your company, of, of what you're doing, because now, right, even in communication, it's all sales. It's all part of the sales process. Mm-hmm. So Steve Jobs was just very good at that. He was very good at communicating, and he was selling people before they knew they was being sold. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's the best time to sell people when they don't think they're being sold. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you you have to you have to, and and that goes into writing a book because that's an extension of your creativity of your brand of who you are, what you accomplished, all those things.
2: Absolutely. So with that being said, like what's the first step typically speaking when you're working with somebody to develop their own book,
1: develop their own book. Correct. Um, What do you want to be known for? What do you want to share? Right. What do you want to share in the marketplace that, that will add value to people that you've been through. Right. Um, and and I don't think it's anything wrong with teaching something that you research or writing a book on something that you research. There are a lot of people that do it. I think for me, and this is just for me, so right, everybody can have their own def- their own thinking. I feel like it's more powerful when you have a first hand experience doing it because now you speak to um, you speak to the deeper parts of it. Like I can speak to owning a barbershop. And having to decide, am I going to pay the electric bill at my barbershop or at my house? And then sleeping in my barbershop because my house don't have heat. Mm. Right? You, You can study me all you want, but until I tell you that story and until I tell you those emotions that went behind that, you'll never understand it right and and i can talk through it because i've been through it i can speak to sleeping in my car i can go to any walmart or target in the u.s and i can tell you everybody that slept in that parking lot that night because i know the signs to look for because i've been there Mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like it's certain things we miss every day because we don't know the signs So I feel like when you're about to write a book, write on something where, you know, all the signs. So then I can really give you an accurate first first uh, hand experience of what it was like. And it's not theory. It's not theory. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. It's good stuff. Well, there's there's one thing to write this book and then there's another thing to be a speaker. And then there's even another thing to be to have a successful speaking business, mm-hmm. right? And like you've literally created a system around these things, you know, to where you understand the stages of becoming a, a speaker that is profitable. Uh, can you share with us on that? Like, I mean, this is one side of, of writing a book is one side of, of the business model, right?
1: Right. Okay. Right. So, th- this is the thing when it comes to speaking. With everything you do, you want to make sure you love doing it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the first thing it goes to, right? Um, you all love connecting people, so you do it for free, right? And and when you start off, that's the thing that people don't understand. Whenever you start this journey, it's going to be for free, mm-hmm. right? I remember, I remember one time, I was going to speak in Alt, Illinois. Eric took me to, um, he took me to uh, the car rental company in Atlanta, the Atlanta airport, right? And we lived in Lawrenceville. So yeah. he drove me to the car rental place. We, he took me down there. They would not accept my debit card. He had to drive back. And we went through all of it. We fighting over money at the time. We doing all of this. And I was going up there to speak for free. Mm. But I was busting my tail because I had a passion to speak. Yeah. Right. And I spoke four years without making money. Mm. Right. So the 80,000, I don't look at that like, oh, I made that in a day. I look at it like, yo, I made that over the last 12 years.
0: Perspective.
1: I just collected it in one day.
0: Wow.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And that, but I have a passion to do it. So, so it, it's, it has to start with the passion, right? It has to start with, and passion, in my, in my opinion, is loving something and hating it at the same time, right? <laughs> so I, I love helping people. I hate the fact that we have been programmed to feel like we're inferior, we can't do, we, there are any reasons why we are, are left behind, and we are in environments that they don't uplift us, they don't mm-hmm. elevate us to the next level. So, mm-hmm. I love it and I hate it. So, you bring mm-hmm. that together, that's passion.
2: It is. So, that brings me to a point. I heard there's a ton of, you know, uh, expats, black expats or whatever, that, you know, black people's tra- uh, talents usually travel pretty well. Um, can you vouch for that?
1: Black people's talents is what? Explain, as far as, as travel,
2: you know, when you're going out of the country and, you know, living abroad.
1: So, I think i think if you're good at what you do it's just gonna like it, it just shows right I, I, I think that's that's one of those things like if you're good you're just good right um it's a gift like okay let's take singing for example if i can sing you can give me a song in russia and if i can sing i can i can sing right and i think a lot of times we just don't realize because we play in different systems that may not be set up for us to win, that we're really good. Mm -hmm. We're really good. Yep. Right. And sometimes it takes you, there's a a, a saying like a prophet is not honored in his own home. So sometimes you do have to step outside for people to recognize how good you are. Mm -hmm. You have to step outside those that know you, right. That you little Ross to them, right. Right. You RD, to them you know they don't realize like nah you a boss they have no idea exactly they have no idea you you're you're doing that so for that's something that you have you have to do sometimes to step out so you can see and prove who you are Mm -hmm.
2: the story of jesus man he didn't get any love in his hometown Bethlehem, exactly. it was like, hey, you just, oh, you back? Okay, what's up? Dude? Right, it's like, yo, <laughs> that's like, real, man. Like, yo, you JC. I've been around the whole you world.
1: JC. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's all <laughs> good, man. Son. like, come on, man, you married little boy. Well, they were teaching, a, like,
0: they were teaching a lesson in that, dude. Taking, yeah. you, taking us back to our first podcast. John Lawson came on and he said the very same thing. He's an international speaker as well, and he said, "Man, you know, he went to." Where was it? Australia? Australia. And in Australia, man, he's the biggest thing, man. They you know, they recognize his talent. It's not about skin color. He felt American, not black, American. (laughs) You know, he just felt American. Right. So as an international speaker, he went in and it was based on the content. It was based on the value that he offered. And the value was so great. I mean, again, he's he's able to command and, and feel as if he is that that diamond. He is he has a he, he's different than everybody else out there in that marketplace. And that is one of the markets that he is able to excel in
2: Mm -hmm. you shared black culture i mean if you check out that podcast on four game changers i mean the guy sold a million dollars worth of shoestrings to skateboarders and another million dollars worth of bandanas just making youtube videos showing people how to uh, tie a bandana like tupac so i mean (laughs) like our culture (laughs) even though we might you know like you said not value it at times it's um very uh, lucrative when you can you know hone into it so
1: in, in Colombia, there is a big thing with this uh, this genre of music called reggaeton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I listen to a lot of their songs, and they speed them up. But I'm like, like one of the songs I just heard before I came back was, you know, you know, she caught me on a camera. It wasn't me, mm-hmm. and they just sped it up and they put the reggaeton beat. And I'm like, yo, that's not new. Mm-hmm. Like that song is old, and they're like, oh, this new song, and I'm like, yo. And they have so many of our songs that they've done like that. Yep. And now you have these reggaeton artists, and they coming out and they getting famous off of songs that, like, we created. They they yep. they've been out, mm-hmm. right? But and that's that's what our culture does. Like, we are we are definitely we're definitely admired all over the world. We make the Kool-Aid. outside of the U.S. Yep.
0: That's major, man. That's, <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's something for you to think about, man. You know you have international speakers showcase, right? So like why international?
1: So one, so it, it's a couple things. I have, I have a, a lot of relationships with event planners and I know that event planners were looking for speakers and I'm like, yo, I need to connect speakers with event planners because that's who are hiring speakers. Right. Mm-hmm. How do I be the middle person? Um, And so I I created the International Speaker Showcase so that speakers could come down and showcase their speaking ability to these event planners that are hiring speakers so they can break into the game like I did. Mm. Um, One of the reasons I did it internationally was because one of the things that changed my life was when I went to Trinidad and Tobago to speak, because number one like like you said earlier you're looked at totally different like you start to feel your value i had people like yo i heard you on the radio so i came out i'm like okay like you know what i'm saying like all right and they like yo I, I gotta meet you i want to shake your hand and you know man you know please dude, kiss baby. five minutes like you like yo i'm you know you start feeling celebrities right like, <laughs> right um so i and and then so I wanted them to get that experience of having people appreciate your, right. your, your craft, your art. The, the other reason is is when I came back from the Trinidad and Tobago, I was able to call myself an international speaker now, and I didn't realize the respect that comes with it. Mm. And, and I no longer had to say I charge, right? Mm. I'm like, I'm an international speaker that lets you know i charge right i no longer had to start convincing you oh oh no (laughs) yeah
0: with the travel
1: right yeah (laughs) yeah i no longer had to convince you to you know i'm worth it because you're like the first question gonna come up is wherever you spoke Mm -hmm. oh well how many countries do you want me to tell you about that's a major
2: growth hack for speakers
1: oh yeah
0: oh yeah major. oh yeah i agree
1: oh yeah so That's why all of my speakers that come down, most of them have never spoken internationally. So it gives them that platform, so when they go back, they can say, I'm an international speaker as well.
0: Amazing. So through this program, what all do you take people through? Uh, What is the transformation? Um, Like you take them from this stage to what?
1: So I take speakers from the stage. So most speakers don't understand what it takes to be a professional speaker to be a a professional speaker you have to have the mentality of a musical artist Mm. right so you think of your favorite musical artist um let's say beyonce right when beyonce is doing a 50 city tour she's doing the same concert in every city she doesn't change her act she changes her audience Mm. right And that's why speakers get paid because we have mastered a speech. What happens with most people is they say a speech two to three times and they get tired of it. And the reason I have to tell them about the mentality of a musical artist is because I'm like, yo, you don't think Beyonce gets tired of singing all the single ladies and doing a dance? She's not even in that (laughs) phase of her life anymore. Beyonce ain't been single for years, Mm -hmm. right? But whenever she goes out, she has to do all the single ladies and you have people that aren't even single no more that's mm-hmm. doing a dance and all of this. And like, yo, because that's where she is now, right? Mm-hmm. And as a professional, you have to master it and then do it over and over and over again, mm-hmm. right? Frankie Beverly and Mays, think about how many times he sang that song. He, he has to be tired of singing it Whoa, whoa! You make me ha- like, come <laughs> on, man. He's <laughs> been saying that for forty years.
0: Forty years, but and it's still hit. Let it come on <laughs> right now.
1: <laughs> no, everybody gonna start. Yes, right. But I have to, as a professional speaker, have that same discipline to realize that this is my hit, and mm-hmm. I must perform this hit throughout the world over and over and over again and that's what takes me to the top Mm -hmm.
2: mastery
1: yeah it's not it's not having all of the and this is what i tell speakers all the time there is not one musical artist that you can name in the history of music that got famous off of an album everybody gets famous off of hits think about that agree everybody has hits right so as as speakers we have to create hits instead of albums and most speakers if you talk to them they're like oh i have these 10 speeches that i do no that's an album you want to have one or two hits and stick to those because that's how you become um,
0: that is a powerful piece of, of wisdom right there that so, really is so do
2: you uh-huh. have like a course for like you know the speakers in the beginning? Like, do they like uh, get on Zoom with you and you coach them up or what's that process like?
1: Yeah. So all, all of my speakers to qualify for my international showcase, I take all of them through my speaker course. And the reason I do that is because I need to break all of your bad habits when it comes to speaking. And I need to let you know what event planners are looking for, because when you speak in front of these event planners, that's my reputation. Right, so I in the course I actually teach you how to come up with your first hit, and then we map that out. So then we can say, okay, now take this hit and go perform it in all these different venues until it becomes successful, until people start asking for it. So then you can elevate yourself to the next level as a speaker and make more money. Steve Harvey said something that was very critical that I think people miss. He said that he's been doing the same jokes that he did for thirty five for thirty five dollars. Now he's making two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the same joke. Mm. I've been telling I've been telling the same I've been saying the same speech for the last seven years, and every year it becomes more expensive.
2: No, I get it. I mean, the business model, man, every- is. It's, it's proven. I mean, you look at Motown Barry Gordy. I mean, he was developing people and then he booked those people and he created so many masterful artists. So I get the system. I see how you're putting people in position to win and give them value, you know, once they come back with that international uh, speaking uh, badge.
0: I mean, that model makes perfect sense to me. Is there a, is there a, um, let's say, if somebody is thinking about it right now, and they're they're in their head. They're saying, man, I got this barrier or that barrier that's stopping me from going out and speaking. Oh, if I could just make this amount of money or, or if I can just, you know, get this title or oh, if I can just, you know, like I know you've heard it all in terms of reasons why people say they can't do this. What do you say to those people?
1: I, I So my thing is, can you talk? And do you want to talk? Right? That's it. Because a lot of it, anything that we do when we first start off is hard. We fumble, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I especially if a person has kids, I always ask them, How long would you give your baby to walk before you gave up on them? Right? right. If your baby didn't walk in the first six weeks, would you give up on them? No.
0: Yep, I'm throwing them in the trash.
1: No, I'm just (laughs) right. (laughs) Right? So it's that that same thing. Mm -hmm. It's okay, what, and and this is the thing. Would you do it for free, right? And and this is something that I can't prove scientifically, but I honestly believe it. I believe knowing that uh, speaking is one of the most feared things in the world, even more than death. Right, Mm -hmm. professional or or public speaking, people fear that more than death. So if you have a desire to speak, I believe it's because there is someone in the world that is suffering, or some ones that are suffering, and they need to hear your message. And that's what that tug on you is. It's your message being tugged on by somebody that's like, "Yo, I will continue suffering until I hear your message to free me." Mm -hmm.
0: That's powerful.
1: Yeah. And that and that's why you feel the tug. That's why you feel the tug to do something that everyone else is afraid to do. And you're like, yo, but I, I feel drawn to do it because somebody is suffering. And I've literally had people tell me like, yo, all my life I've been waiting for your message. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I needed. Um, And, and just to see. I mean, and like I said, once you start doing the same thing over and over again, people be like, you don't get tired of it. And I say no because it's the stories that I hear from my message. I just had a lady. It's it's on my Facebook page right now. I took her through a a limiting beliefs exercise, and I told her to write down a figure that would be hard for her to make within the next 30 days, and she put $15,000. Two days after she left, she got a call. She signed a contract for $15,000. Wow. Look. It's on my Facebook page right now. Her name is Maria Grande. I can't make this up. I've never met her before. My first time meeting her was recently.
0: Mm.
2: Got to visualize it first, then write it down. Yo, yeah. <laughs> Yo, <'cause we laughs>
0: but that that made us speechless for a second right there, man. Like, <laughs> man, that's amazing <laughs> stuff. You know, you hear stories like that and no. you don't put it all together, but in all actuality, you know, man, our beliefs can be attraction. so limiting. Absolutely. No, oh, you yeah. can only make what you believe. Yeah. So when you talk about going up in value, same speech. It's not the market that has perceived a greater value. It is you that is perceived a greater value. No. You've literally yeah. said, you know what? I'm worth more. I believe I'm worth more and I'm going to demonstrate I'm worth more. And now the market has replied with yes. Let me cut you this check and validate exactly what you're saying. I've had people, matter of fact, and and shout out to um, Richard Montanez, the creator of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Like I was helping a client create an event and we were deciding on what speaker to choose um, for this specific event on diversity. And this is a pretty large event for a pretty large billion dollar corporation that we were, uh, you know, securing and helping them to create this event for their managers. Okay. And we came down to two specific speakers Richard Montanez and John Maxwell. I contacted both of them, got them all in. John Maxwell asked for an ungodly amount. Not saying he doesn't deserve it because he absolutely does. What he does, he's very, very good at. Richard Montanez asked for an amount that was way – I'm talking about a fraction of the amount. And I'm not going to speak about the amounts because he is actively out speaking. Um, We booked Richard Montanez. Richard Montanez completely killed the event. Like, I mean, standing O got – secured a multi-year contract – Um, But in securing that contract, I actually paid Richard Montanez more than what he asked for because I knew he was worth more. And he asked me that same question. He's like, man, you know, uh, you you paid me more than what I asked for. I said, yes, because you are worth more than (laughs) more more than this. It wasn't the fact that he wasn't worth more. It was the fact that he didn't believe.
1: That's, That's it.
0: And now he is charging three times more than (laughs) what I booked him for now, you know? So So.
1: so I'm going to tell you what one of my mentors told me. And this is how, like I have clients now that I work with one-on-one, they pay me $20,000 a piece. Right. Mm -hmm. And I used to ask him, how do you know when you're ready to start charging more? And he said, whenever you can say that amount with a straight face and believe it, Mm -hmm. that was it. Like that, that was the only thing. Like, it's like, yo, can you say it with a straight face, and do you believe it? Because in any industry you look at, there's going to be people making way more than you. Like Tony Robbins gets paid a million dollars from one, you know, like from his his elite elite customers. You got to pay at least a million dollars a year. Like twenty thousand is nothing compared to that, right? Right. And it's because he believes he's worth a million dollars a year to work with him one on one, right? And he and he's gotten the results for people that say this was more in value than the million dollars that I gave him in payment. Mm. Yeah. Take so, a second, man.
0: Y'all think about this.
1: That, and that's something that I always tell people like to, to always have integrity about myself or whatever I charge. I just make sure that what I'm giving you, I'm going to give you more value than you give me in payment. And as long as I do that, I always feel good about that transaction because you're always winning.
0: Very important, guys. Very important. So if somebody wants to engage, one of our um, entrepreneurs um, on four game changers wants to engage with A.J. Vassar and um, in your International Speaker Showcase, how do they do that?
1: Um, contact me on any social media platform. All my stuff is under A.J. Vassar. A.J. V as in Victor, A-S-S-A-R. Yeah, hit me up there. I'm very accessible. Um so, you know, a lot of times it's because we don't reach out. We don't take the first step. Um, every every person I've ever wanted to meet, and, and Eric, you know this, y'all just reach out. All they can tell me is no.
0: You I, guys, we, we were doing an event. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell this story, man. It's crazy, man. We were, we were partnered in an event. Uh, and, and just so you know, me and AJ had a business uh, together at one time and it was called Cybertize it we were helping we were creating apps um and i mean we we had clients from uh the Southern Christian Leadership Conference to um shoot man we we were doing apps but we did the 50th anniversary of the march on washington for uh like man we we did we did our thing right so we were promoting a specific um event kings and priests i want to say td jakes um you know there were uh, willie jolly shout out to willie jolly man i love that man we got to get him on for game changers as well and you know we were promoting this event and the uh the event planner for the event was like man i I sure wish man i could get in in contact with with russell simmons like man russell simmons man get out of here ain't nobody getting it aj said man hold on one second AJ made one phone call, and he waited for about 30, 40 minutes. The next phone call was from Russell Simmons. Mm. Like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> who let this man on that nag? Who is this dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was the most amazing thing because Russell Simmons was in the building next door, yep. you know, at, at an event here in Atlanta. Right. And we were having the event at the same place. Literally. I mean, this was, uh, what, what was the event? It was Hope. Operation Hope was having yeah, an event. Like, and yeah, he was yeah, right Operation next Hope, door. Yep. Literally, man. We, we're sitting up here kicking it with TD Jakes over here. by Kai Moon, who was, who was, uh, the head of the, uh, United Nation at the time, man, was yeah. up the street. Matter of fact, I helped him move around and AJ got a hold. <laughs> Of Russell Simmons, uh, now he, he just happened to be in the same proximity at the same
2: moment. Uh, yeah. Amazing uh, stuff, man! Divine. anybody uh, Anybody
0: can be touched, and AJ anybody. AJ A- just had the uh, audacity to do so.
1: <laughs> remember, we got uh we got Boris Kojo to come
0: speak. Oh yeah, man, Boris Kojo.
1: Yeah, boy! Like, Shout out to know, Boris Kojo because this is the thing, and and with all of my like, I've got some amazing mentors. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I always tell people, whenever you're looking for a mentor, whenever you're reaching out to these people, we forget just because they've made it to these levels that we feel are above us. They don't have goals and dreams, too. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I always ask is, yo, what's your goal? Because if I find out your goal, I'm not even going to worry about what I need. I'm going to just start helping you get your goal. And in the process, you're going to be like, well, what can I do for you? I've been waiting for you to ask that question.
0: Mm. Value in advance.
1: Yep. Always. Learn
0: that principle people. Always. Man, a lot of your a lot of the things that you need will come via value in advance. <laughs> so if you put it in, if you go ahead and figure out what other people need, uh Herman Russell wrote this in his book as well, man. And matter of fact, if you look at some of these, you know, most of the books on business, people's bio, they say man, great the greatest businesses in the world are built on the needs of others. Definitely. So if you're building based off of that, if you're building your relationship based off of filling a need, man, you're going to win.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And you know what? I I wanted to piggyback on one more thing, man. And we're kind of running to that point right now where it's about time to start wrapping up. This has been an amazing show, man. (laughs) This is, this is not going to be the last time you're going to hear from AJ Vassar. But when you were talking about passion and you're talking about, man, these are the things, man, that you both love and hate. The etymology of passion is what you're willing to suffer for. Mm. And it's a powerful, powerful thing, man. And you think about, man, you know, yeah, you hate public speaking. However, I care so much about the message that I have to give and the transformation that that message can provide to the people that I'm looking to help that I'm willing to suffer through it. I'm willing to suffer through the embarrassment of stumbling through some words or being a little bit embarrassed about, you know, not saying it exactly the right way I wanted to or, you know, so that I can make sure that the message gets driven home. Sorry. Man, it, it, it is a little bit of suffering to go through a learning curve. It is a little bit of suffering to now have to go back to school and retrain yourself or go through a course or listen to a coach tell you, nah, that ain't it. <laughs> or or, or, yeah. or even somebody to tell you that, you know what, you haven't found your voice yet. You know what, AJ told me that one time. We were on stage, and he was like, yeah, man, when you find your voice, you're going to be a powerful, powerful man.
1: Where's in Chattanooga, Tennessee? Chattanooga, Tennessee,
0: you. man. And – Is something that I never forgot. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a message, man, find your voice. Speak authentically. Speak as you. Don't put up a front, a facade. Don't try to sound more intelligent. Don't try to like, man, there are people with gold teeth, you know, with full grills that are able to reach CEOs and executives. I'm telling you. Be who you are. Be authentic. Be true to who you are and speak your truth. Speak your message. Speak your purpose. I'm telling you, you'll win. Am I right, AJ? Uh,
1: 100 percent. I'm living proof
0: and build that intellectual property. You guys. (laughs) That's How you get paid in full.
1: (laughs) Yes. Indeed. Indeed. 100 percent.
0: So, guys, man, we have reached the end of this episode, which has been a freaking game changer. Shoot, AJ Vassar, man, give them one more time, man, how they reach out to you.
1: So, man, you can reach out to me on any social media uh, under AJ Vassar, AJ, V a Victor, A-S-S-A-R. Um, and how I leave, how I try to end all my stuff is with a, a very powerful poem that I that I I believe in, I live, and it says, go to the edge, he said. I said I am afraid. Go to the edge, he said. I told him if I go, I'll fall. Go to the edge, he said. He pushed me, and I flew. Mm.
0: Fly on, my people. Amen to that. Amen. (laughs) Ross D.
2: (laughs) If you want to check us out, get some more content, go to 4gamechangers.com. Again, that's www.4gamechangers.com. Also, you can go on Instagram and search for 4 underscore Game Changers and find us on there as well. Tune in next week. We're going to have some more hot fire for you. Hot fire, Dylan. <laughs> and listen to the other episodes on 4gamechangers.com because you'll see the synergy. We're trying to give you the jewels.
0: 4 Game Changers. We out. Peace.